0: Well, the news came before tip that Ivica Zubak, hey, I think I finally said his name right, would not be able to go for the Clippers. It seemed to be a notification that would seal the fate for Los Angeles that Phoenix would be able to score at will on the interior. But on a Monday night in downtown Phoenix, with a ticket to the NBA Finals on the line, that narrative would not be the case. The Clippers would dominate the paint, outscoring Phoenix 58-32. to they would negate all of our runs. And behind the likes of Marcus Morris and Demarcus Cousins, plus a playoff career high from Paul George, they would force the series to change locations once again. Beat LA. Not yet, Matthew. Not yet. Yep. I'm about to throw
1: up right now. Yeah. <laughs> Did Sorry. you get something wrong or was it just the no, game? No, no. Totality. No, just, it was uh, you know, there's a moment there when Chris Paul hit that to go up by one, and I was like, wow, this is it. And it wasn't, so it's a weird feeling right now, man.
2: Weird feeling, uh, Saul? Are are you feeling weird? (laughs) I feel like crap. Like, I I just, again, like, if you don't have anything positive to say sometimes, it's just better to just close your mouth. So we'll just get to the points, and then uh, we'll we'll get through this, because I'm just, uh, I think there was way too many things that that I I could point out tonight that just, at least just leaves you salty.
0: Ooh, salty, yeah, I, I concur with that. Espo. What are you? How, how are you feeling? <laughs> he's drinking. He's he's already drinking. <laughs> he's, oh, <God. laughs> I
3: I have a familiar feeling, and that's not necessarily a good thing in Phoenix. So, you know, I I I felt a little uncomfortable with how excited some media members were getting, and and other people were getting this afternoon. And it's that hello darkness, my old friend. It's it's feeling uh. A little too normal right now here in Phoenix, is what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah, this is a feeling that, you know, to, (laughs) to many of you who are new to the fan base, who have decided to join along for the ride, welcome to the world of tempered expectations. When everything feels like it should be going your way, when everything says on paper that you should win, fate always has another way of showing us the dark side of the moon as Suns fans, you know? So that's what we dealt with tonight. Uh, Ryan Cross, shout out to you in the chat. He said, we need a smoke break fast. Let's get this out of our system. Thanks for donating via the Super Chat. And thank you to everyone who's joining us along uh live on youtube make sure you subscribe rate and review hit that thumbs up button Give us a thumbs up no thumbs down just because we lost that we didn't do it we, you know we're just the guys who have to go live right afterwards when we're feeling all these different kinds of emotions uh but if you're listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network please subscribe rate and review there as well leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and we'll read it here on the pod is anybody going to be drinking with me tonight there's no chugging with the fellas unfortunately uh, but just just
1: water yeah. <laughs> tonight. All
0: right, well well suns fans pop them if you got them Let's take a quick look at what happened tonight as the Suns lost Game 5 to the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's do it. So yeah, the news came out probably about an hour before tip off that there'd be no zoo Zubats. You'd have an opportunity to dominate the paint, especially after the national narrative was just on the jock of DeAndre Ayton after his last twenty-two rebound performance, a game in which I said on the pod he's going to get all those rebounds because nobody could hit a shot. It's kind of like the the Dem Booker game too after he scored forty in in game one and the media was. Praising him and calling him Kobe Bryant, he had a couple bad games. I wouldn't say DeAndre Ayton had a bad game, but I would say that the execution for the Suns was very poor, knowing that the Clippers were coming out and playing with that five-out strategy. And it and it worked for them. It worked for them, my friends.
3: Look, this is somewhat on Monty. Not somewhat. I think this is on a, a lot on Monty this evening. Adjustments weren't made. I don't really understand the obsession with Abdel Nader. I think if you go to Tory Craig earlier, uh, you may have a better opportunity to try to at least frustrate uh, Paul George when he's going as well as he was. I just i I really don't understand a lot of the approach in this game. I, I'm at a loss when it comes to that. there There were a lot of changes. i I would have made I, – I still don't understand Dario in certain situations there as well. Uh, it, was, it was a rough game. They got outplayed, they got outhustled, and they got outcoached, I think, and that's why they're going back to L.A. Uh, up 3-2.
2: I think sometimes you get a little too fancy for your own self. And uh, I think that's kind of where Monty is falling into. Like, I understand uh, you like Abdul Nader, sure, I get it. But Tory Craig has given you a lift off the bench as well as campaign has, and for whatever reason, um, you kind of ditched the You, you kind of ditched him in the last game because of God knows why. Uh, tonight, he gave you a little bit of a spark, like he usually does. And I just, I, I'm frustrated on so many different levels, just like everybody else is. But I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh my God," you know the the earth is, is you know, going to blow up and this is all over. Like, it, they still got two more games to win one. Like, that, we all knew that that was – you know, this was – this could happen. I don't think anybody expected it to happen because we felt like they were going to come home and they hadn't been playing very good on the road two games back-to-back, especially with Chris Paul and Devin Booker not really shooting well. You thought maybe they're going to come back home and snap out of it tonight. And to a certain extent they did, but, oh man, it's – uh Ooh, it's just frustrating
1: yeah it feels terrible but marcus morris usually when he starts a game he, he can make a couple shots you think like okay get someone on him like bookers on him so there's a mismatch there but you don't think those fadeaways are really going to take all game i mean he did in the first quarter what do you go six for six in the first quarter mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's fine and then demarcus cousins come in does his thing it's like yeah we'll get past this and it just never really did i mean the 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 unit that came in in the first quarter, everyone but Paul George was doing good. Really great against the Suns. And then Paul George came in the second half, took over and couldn't miss. It just seemed like that was what the story was.
2: Well, it, there, was, there was a lot of things going on as well. Like, you know, Devin Booker, I think people are going to look. If you look at the stats only, you think Devin Booker had a really good game, especially mm-hmm. points-wise. But if you l- rewind and watch the game, there were several times when – Booker would get the rebound and and I'm not trying to say da should get the ball every single time down the court, but he did have Pat Beverly pinned right behind him so he could just if Booker would just lead the pass, it's an easy two and he mm-hmm. had that about six times tonight and not once did he even try it um that that's frustrating and I and I was sitting there with Espo for the first half and I was like, what is going on right here? And I don't understand why every single time and, and I know da is, Still a little bit raw when it comes to sealing off and getting positioning. And some sometimes when he does have a smaller player on him, um, he doesn't body him like you know you would like for him to. Uh it's because they're trying to draw the foul on him as well. And so he's a little cautious of that. He's got a mm-hmm. little, little little timid intimidation there. But man, I just I just felt like, you know, they they were again, they came out and they weren't hitting. They weren't hitting right off the bat. Like get the ball down low for a second. You know, I just don't – I don't understand it. It's something that's that's kind of reared its ugly head in this series specifically because I, the, the dudes aren't hitting that usually hit. And so they don't, it's like they don't have another uh, plan of attack.
3: Look, if if defense is supposed to be one of the hallmarks of your team, right, you don't let Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, and DeMarcus Cousins combine for 60 points that's problematic. Mm -hmm. They did not show up on the defensive end this evening. And that is a big reason why they went home with the loss. I mean, you're just not going to win if if you're letting those guys go off on you. Paul George had a career night and and tip the hat to him. But if you let him have a career night and you shut down the other guys, it's not going to matter. But when you let fringe guys I, and Reggie Jackson's more than a fringe guy, all right? But if you let fringe guys like Marcus Morris and DeMarcus Cousins have that kind of success, you're going to have a tough time winning. I don't care if you're playing at home. I don't care if you're up 3-1. I don't care if Devin Booker scores 31. If you do that, that's not a winning recipe, and that's a big part of why they, they had the L tonight.
2: I don't understand yeah. why Devin Booker was guarding Marcus Morris the entire first quarter oh, in the first oh, it's, place it's, it's, and letting him get into his rhythm. So
0: let, let me get to that. You know, again, this is this is a game of adjustments. This is a series of adjustments. And that is the exact question I had. Not only him, but, you know, the way that then you had Demarcus Cousins come in and Sarge was right there. And you know that that's something we're going to continue to see as we move into the latter stages of this series is how are you going to let Marcus Morris, the ghost of our past, trying to haunt us? You know, it was a lot of ISO Morris, ISO cousin left on the block, and they scored 30 of the Clippers' first 59 points. 34 to 8 points in the paints for the Clippers in the first half, ended with that total that I mentioned of uh what 58 to 32. You have to make an adjustment. After he goes down, if you go down to Marcus Morris, you know what he's gonna do. He did it all night. Back down, back down, turn left, lay up in the lane, or or jumper in the lane you have to do some switch. And I know what the sons were afraid to do. They were afraid to collapse the double team because Terrence Mann is the guy who's standing in the opposite quarter uh, corner. I'm sorry. And he, that's the shot that he stroked against Utah when he put up his career high 39 points. So I get why they couldn't, they essentially they're you know, I guess the, the mindset was we'll give up two instead of giving up three, but you let him get to, into such a rhythm that, early in the game that, I mean, this game felt over before it began. We were down 10 points at, at the end of the first quarter and it could have been more than that. So again, a game of adjustments, a series of adjustments. And when you have that and, and yeah, Espo, you hit it. You can't let all of these fringe guys, the guys who, you know, it'd be like Jay Crowder going for four, you know, 29 points or 25 points or even 20 points. I mean, Jay Crowder, tonight had a you know another rough one. he ends with a total of four points. he had three points in the last game, nine in game three, two in game two, 13 in game one. I mean we have to have our role players step up and play efficiently if we want to win these games. you know you look at the point totals for the clippers in this one. 41, a career high for uh, Paul George in the playoffs, 23 from Reggie Jackson, 22 from Marcus Morris, 15 from cousins off the bench. You just can't let this happen and try to play catch up the whole time because we saw it every time we play catch up. And we know this. We watch basketball every time you have to fight and claw to play catch up in the regular season, let alone the Western Conference finals. It takes so much energy to do so that by the time you get there, the other team's ready to take that 90 run, the 80 run, the 70 run happened every fucking time tonight.
2: Yeah, you know, and then the, the clips also went in zone. Um, you know, for a large portion of this game, they went in zone and they basically forced mm-hmm. the Suns to beat them from the outside as well. And outside of Devin Booker and Cam Johnson, they sure as hell didn't do that. Two for 17 for everybody else outside of Cam Johnson and Devin Booker from three point range, CP3 0 for six. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough. They're forcing you to beat them from the outside when they don't even have a big inside.
3: But if, it, if they're forcing you to beat them outside and Devin Booker is four of six from three, why is he not shooting more of those? Like I get it. He had, Clippers played good defense at times, but he should be shooting more of those. Cam Johnson should have more than 23 minutes in a night that he's shooting five of six and three from three, three of three from beyond the arc. Like he deserves more minutes in there. I, I just, there, are there are a lot of, weird things that happened, uh, you know, minutes wise. And and offensively, I don't quite understand. Maybe it is simply because uh, the Clippers went to the zone and for some reason the Suns couldn't overcome that. But this looks like a completely different offense than we saw all year. It's, it, it's a lot of pounding the air out of the ball. It's not quick decisions and crisp passes. Yeah. It's just a very weird change him and maybe that's simply the the clippers muck things up enough in general that that's what's going on here but this is not this is not the team we even saw earlier in this series offensively and they have to refine that and refine it fast because yeah. you ha- you have you gotta take game six because game seven, it's cliche, but anything can happen in a game mm-hmm. seven, and you don't want to leave it up to that because the basketball gods, as kind as they've been to us this year, have not been very kind in deciding games in the past. So let's not leave it. it you, don't,
2: really you don't and you don't want to see
1: you don't want to see uh, Kawhi Leonard coming back either. I don't want to see that tweet where it's like, oh, Kawhi's coming back for game six. Kawhi's might be back for game seven. I just don't want him back. Even though I did mention, you know, maybe Paul George and this Clippers seems better without him. I know that was weird, but I just think having him come back, it's going to suck to see that. And Cameron Johnson, he's a guy where I feel like I just trust him the most right now. For some reason, his energy, everything he does on the court, even the little things like tipping the ball away, crowding a guy when he has the ball has to pick up the dribble. He's doing little things that really help his team actually stay in the game. And he did that a lot, this whole series almost. So he's been amazing. And I just, I wanted to ask too, Chris Paul, he seems like he, is he like a little dizzy or something? I don't, I don't know if it's from the coronavirus or what, but he just seems like he doesn't have, it's not the same mobility, of course, but like when he's dribbling down the court and when he's walking to the half, walking to the, um, to the locker room, he just seems like in his eyes, like something is up. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but I just want to throw that out. I mean,
2: I would say CP3 doesn't have the juice right now, if that's what you mean. Like I I do, I don't, I don't feel it when I'm watching him play these last couple of games. That's, this is three games now in a row. And I I just felt like CP just wasn't like as, as quick and as decisive as he usually is out there. And I, and I don't know what to attribute that to. I I really don't. So I'm not even going to speculate whether it's you know, uh, COVID hangover or something like that. But mm-hmm. I will say he, he doesn't look like himself right now, and he hasn't played like himself in the last three games, at least not compared to the Denver series. But then oh, again, yeah. De- the Denver series was, you know, he one of the best series of all time. Like, is that a fair comparison? I'm not sure if it is or not. But mm, I no. will say the, the backcourt between CP3 and Devin Booker, it, it needs to be better. It just needs to be better overall. And I think Monty's mm-hmm. decision-making, you know, you trust these guys – All season long. And then you get to the Western Conference finals, and now you don't want to trust campaign, even though he might have had a rough stretch in the first quarter. And you completely bail and you just go back to point book, who throws the ball away three times down in a row and forces shots and just doesn't even look at his teammates. Like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're completely throwing your own team out of rhythm, Monty. You got to be better than this at this level. You got to trust your players. You got to believe in the system that you have built because that's what you preach every single day. Impose your will.
3: Yeah. I mean, point book killed the momentum there mm-hmm. when the crowd got back into it, when the team had cut that lead in the fourth point book killed the momentum turnovers. uh it, you know, and, and I don't put that on him. That's on Monty. You should not mm-hmm. put him in the position to have to do that. If you're pulling campaign out at that point, you should be putting CP three back in. If that's what you're going to do. You don't don't go to point book in that situation where you could already tell that you know he was he was in that mode where if you fed him he could get it but he was going to press if if you had him handling the ball because he felt it felt like he he was at that point where he thought he had to do everything and Monty's just got to understand that he's got to understand his team and I feel like this is one of the first times this year where where I just I don't fully understand what he was trying to trying to do. And I just don't think he pulled the right strings tonight.
0: Yeah. Coming into the series, you knew that the challenge would be for our guards because of the wing depth, because of the defensive capability and irritability of Patrick Beverly. You knew that that would be the challenge is the point of attack for the Phoenix Suns. What made them so successful against the Denver Nuggets was they could run that high screen and roll all day long because the strength of the Nuggets was their front line. It wasn't their backcourt. And this is a series you knew that you were going to have to take advantage of that, and you're going to have to make some adjustments. I think tonight, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the fifth game of the series, and I think this is the fifth different starting lineup that Ty Lue's jogged out there. He's trying different things. He's pulling different levers, and he's doing something that Greg Popovich always did excellent. And that's whenever he the Suns a- would make a shot, I know he didn't have a choice, but he still had. But he pulled. But he he instilled a game plan, and pulled the right levers, and then took advantage of the mismatches where the Suns didn't do that. The Suns had mismatches tonight. They didn't take advantage of DeAndre being the number one. You know, Jay Crowder forced a pass to Da, and guess what? He caught it and he went right up with it. No one else was uh, confident enough in that zone to throw Da the pass and allow the defense to collapse and let him, as a great passing big, try to hit somebody, try to get somebody else going for sure you know
2: I, not only that but also like for as much as we might want to say this is money right i would say 50 percent of this is on money the other 50 percent is on the players and those oh, and there's a there's a couple players that man we need to put an apb out for my man mikhail bridges and for jay crowder because those dudes are mia <laughs> i don't know what happened and what's been going on but you yo, like bruh like you got to show up in game five you know, and, and I'm going to go back to Booker because some people in the chat are, are saying, "Oh, of course, we're not blaming Booker for anything. No, I, I just did a minute yeah. ago. In addition to that, like, I, I do feel like there was a certain there's a certain mindset that I think Booker is probably trying to harness when it comes to maybe Kobe or something like that. Like, I'm going to end this team and do it myself. And he doesn't need to do that. He has good players around him for a reason. Trust your other players and set them up for success because the, the Clippers were honing in on Devin and every shot that Devin was taken was basically contested. Mm-hmm. Like you got to just trust your team. Well, and,
0: and, and again, the moment we went to point Booker was when Patrick Beverly went to the bench. That is the ideal time to have either campaign or Chris Paul run point and find Booker open for open shots because he's not being pestered the whole time. But instead, you're putting the ball in his hands, making him the point of emphasis for the offense and drawing the defense to him. And to your point, Saul, he's not looking for his teammates. He's looking to go into Kobe mode. Like, I'm going for 45 tonight, and I'm going to end this series, and everybody's going to talk about how great I am. And, you know, it's Booker ball. Matthew, yeah. right? I mean, what, what some we've talked about for years, some of those early stages of his development when he was the only primary offensive threat on this team, is he would go into booker ball moments where he's like, I'm just going to keep shooting. And game five of the Western Conference Finals, when you're finally back in the game within four points, and you, you know, it's go down, put turnover. Now, now you're down six. Go down, turnover. They hit a three. Okay. Now you're down nine. Go down, miss basket. Okay. Now you're down 11. I mean, like that like that it was every time we got close it happened so yeah booker everybody's to blame and i think that yes my biggest thing i you know to blame is is monty williams and his lack of adjustments in game adjustments something that monty's been very good at this season is you know he says the right thing but that he needs to pull those right levers to ensure that he doesn't have marcus if you have marcus morris backing down devin booker you know what maybe throw another bigger guy in there and, and no no more Sarge no more Nader like it's Tory Krager bust and I'm with Espo on that it's got to be Tory Krager bust you know Matthew do you want Nader to to keep keep getting minutes and would you go as far <laughs> to say maybe it's time to give Cam Johnson a start over Jay
1: Crowder would you do that going into game six guys no I want to switch it up with Cam I like Cam Johnson coming off the bench um I just the the way the Suns got here is because of team ball. You know, you can match them up against all these guys that are in the game, or all the rest of the teams that are left in the playoffs, and you can just tell like we're the true team. And sometimes when the Suns would get back into the game, they relied too much on individuals, and I think that's what killed them. There was the momentum that was slowed down a lot by Chris Paul. Booker would make mistakes, so I think things like that just threw them out of it. And it was just it was difficult for them to even you know take the lead only once. So. So Dave King is now joining us uh, from the cafeteria
0: inside uh, <laughs> Phoenix Suns Arena. Hey,
4: the and uh, lounge. Come on, let's get this thing
0: right. <laughs> what, uh, what are your thoughts on this evening, my friend? Thank you for joining
4: us. Sure. Uh, my, my thoughts on this evening, I'm sure you guys have said everything I'm thinking about saying, because I just now was listening to the uh, post-game interviews. Uh, Monty and and Devin Booker both say that they just didn't come in with the right uh, energy. They didn't come in with the right fire. They admit that. They know that.
2: They got to start stronger. What's up, so That just makes me so mad. Like it's Game Five of the Western Crazy, Conference with Finals with a chance to go you to the chance finals. Go to a finals. go to the finals. What do you mean you're not ready? Like I just don't understand that. Well, I'm it's, not. It's I'm what not what mad you at have you, obviously, say. Dave. I'm not. No, mad I know. At you. It's what you have <laughs> to say <laughs> after, after that happens. So
4: I think I what know. happened is the Suns came in thinking. they they already were going to – the Clippers were going to hand them the win, especially when Ivica Zubac was ruled out for the game, and he was such a difference maker the last few games. I really think that's what happens is you get the letdown. I was, I was doing a little um, interview earlier before the game, and somebody asked me, how do you think tonight's going to go? And I thought it was going to be a blowout for the Suns, and I usually don't think that. I think they thought it was going to be a blowout for the Suns. I think, I think the Suns came in there expecting the Clippers to say, you know, this was a great series. There you go. Enjoy your run. Have a good week off. And the Clippers decided they just didn't want to do that. And uh, <laughs> they, 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 they Ty Lue made some great adjustments. Doubling on, you know, putting a lot more people in the paint to fight Aiton off of the board so they can get the boards, just like the Suns do when they go small, just like the Suns do. Even with Aiton out there, they usually have two or three guys in there for tipping the ball to each other. And and the Suns did not react tonight. The Suns were not ready. They expected the Clippers to hand them the game. And uh, when you when you start out in that mode, you stay in that mode. It's hard to get out of it. That's why nobody goes. 82 and 0 in a season or 72 and 0 this season there's that's why these things happen sometimes now how will they respond on thursday man if the suns lose on thursday then you got that you know uh this is crazy and the clippers have done this they've done this kind of thing so the suns have to get back on their horse and they have to ride it hard now the suns did win games they weren't supposed to win earlier in this series without chris paul they came out and won both games in LA, they won that game when they weren't supposed to win that game on Saturday. So tonight, they were probably thought they just were supposed to get this game, and it wasn't handed to them. And now they got a fine. I guess we got to take it. So we'll see how they respond. They've always responded this season after a loss. Always.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward with this team, uh, and see what adjustments that Monty makes. You know, I was making the comment a little bit earlier. <laughs> The way the way I'm gonna I'm gonna mute Dave real quick because it's getting a little crazy behind him. Uh but what what was really you know, Ty Lu was doing Greg Popovich, man. Every time the Suns were putting a run on this team, he would call a very strategic and well-timed timeout. And it brought me back to the Spurs days. You know, I'm having that PTSD, that post-traumatic Spurs disorder, where I I'm frustrated with the fact that he called timeout when we had that run going. And kudos to Ty Lu. You know, he is uh a, a quality coach who's making those adjustments, and that uh, you know this is part of that learning curve for the Suns, you know, head coaching staff and for their team to recognize, like, yeah, nothing, nothing is earned, or I'm sorry, nothing is given. Everything is earned when it comes to the playoffs, especially Game Five of the Western Conference Finals. You know, I just I'm frustrated, like a lot of other uh, Suns fans. You know, I'm just going to drop this one just real quick. Hey, watch
2: 2021.
0: And I'm only dropping it not because I want to sit here and talk for an hour about Aiton. just because it, it's almost like a tradition. Like I would feel wrong not to. But I will say that when you see Pat Bev and Terrence Man posting up on, you know, getting under Aiton, you got to find ways to get in the ball, man. You got to find ways. And he wasn't as aggressive going for the rebounds. And it feels like whenever he has those smaller players on him, he doesn't want to jump up and get undercut. That's kind of the tentativeness that I saw from him throughout this game. And again, you couple that with the fact that they. The Clippers were committed to that team rebounding volleyball aspect that we've had. We saw the Suns do the same thing against the Los Angeles Lakers. When they were oversized and undermatched, they went to volleyball mode and just disrupted the, the interior of the paint. The question is what adjustments will the Suns make going into game six? Because we know looking at this team thus far this series, they have not looked great shooting the ball. And that's one of the things that we've done very, very well this entire season but when you look at this series in its totality, you know, not not even including tonight and tonight was a better shooting night overall, the sun shot 45%, i guess that's okay, 34% from 3. but if you look at how they've performed thus far this series as a team, you know, they're shooting 45% and 30% from 3. We are not shooting the ball at all well. I mean, so many of those first possessions of the game that ultimately dug us a hole that we could, you know, barely get out of was we we just the ball's not going in it's almost like there's a you know aluminum foil on the cylinder or something like we just aren't hitting the shots open or not. Here's what's going on.
2: Here's something that might surprise you. Um uh, I forgot what Clipper's B rider it was, but um he did tweet out uh, about midway through the fourth quarter that the Clippers are actually a plus 35 with DeAndre Ayton on the floor, which is kind of surprising depending you know after you see the impact that he has had on the on the floor, that was largely because of Zubach, you know, for a large portion of that. But tonight, you can't say that. And he was a minus 22 on the floor. But a large portion of that was because he wasn't really involved on the offensive side. Still had a double double somehow. I don't know. Yeah, 10 and, 11, 10, 10 and 11. 10 and 11. I mean, as, as low a double double as you could possibly get, <laughs> but he got a double double. Um, I just, again, you got to you got to get the guy in, in into the game, okay? Devin Booker and Chris Paul get to touch the ball just about every single time down the court. They get into a rhythm, they get into a flow. You, as as a big man, and I think any big man would tell you, like, you got to reward me for some of the stuff that I'm doing down on the other end too. You know what I mean? And if you don't, then I start to lose focus. I'm not as into the game as I as I as I could be. And you got to reward the guy, and and even calling a play for him. I don't care if he go if he turns around and shoots an air ball that's just signifying hey be ready we're keeping you in the game and you got to be ready to go um and it's just that little thing that i, I don't know I, I, this whole thing i'm just mumbling but i'm frustrated with with their lack of getting da the, the ball just uh, i'm not yeah. even asking for every single time down the court or even 20 percent of the time down the court just throw my man a bone every now and then,
0: every now and then man allow him to pass out of it
2: see what happens right
0: espo Look, yes, they, and,
2: and, and Channel, yes, I am ready to blow up, but I'm trying to hold
1: it in. It <laughs> sticking down further and further. <laughs> Look, they did not
3: play their game. They They just did not. They came in and, yeah, they played like a team that thought they were going to come in and get an easy win. And that's not how this team has approached most, if any, games this season. They've come in and they've outworked teams. They did not do that this evening. They're at their best in this series when they when they're moving fast down the court, not giving the Clippers a chance to set that defense, not getting not giving them a chance to body up on guys. They didn't do that tonight, except for for some stretches where they made those runs. In particular, in that fourth quarter, they started moving again. They found guys. They were cutting to the hoop. They, they were making those kind of moves. They need to do that, and they need to get Da the ball. In uh, in Game Six, if they ever needed a wake up call, it was today. You could see it from from the word go, and if this isn't enough of a wake up call, then going home after Game Seven is gonna be because they have to come out and play their game. If we see this kind of effort in Game Six, uh, it's just it's unacceptable on every level. Uh, I can I can I can find it happened in Game Five. It shouldn't have, but it's a learning lesson. If they I mean, come out flat in game six, major it's a major problem.
2: I mean, we could argue right now that the Suns have only had one good game in this entire series. Game one. Yeah. Yep. Outside of that, campaign saved the day in game two, and so did DA. And every game since then has been trash, honestly. Bad like, bad shooting. Yeah, not not very good, not as crisp as you'd like to see, and what you've come to expect from this team. And so I I would be concerned right now if I was Monty and the Suns, like, hey, the sky's not falling. But we haven't played Suns basketball for about three games now. We better figure it out quick. Otherwise, it's going to get really, really dangerous.
1: Yeah, and every possession, too, for D.A. and the Suns' offense is – it's a mismatch, right? He is basically Shaq right now against the Clippers. He should be, at least. And when I'm seeing D.A. on the baseline – when Chris Paul has the ball, our book is coming down with the ball, and it looks like he's kind of hiding. Is that book or CP3 just trying to tell him, like, hey, we're running something different? What is that? Because it looked like tonight he was kind of running away from the offense, even though he had the mismatches a lot of the time. I mean, it's always a mismatch. But even like when he's trying to get position, his positioning was really, really bad, I thought, in the first half. So I just don't know if that's something that the Suns are running. It's an offense they're trying to run, or it's just DA just not wanting to be the focal point tonight.
4: I, th- I think this is DA the way he's always been. He's never ever really stepped up for little guys. He doesn't like to step on the little guys. We've talked about this before. He's like the big kid on the playground who doesn't fight the little kids. He, he, he had a letdown uh, once the, uh, once he was, Zubac Zubach was, was uh, out, you know, because of the knee and DA came in, he just doesn't, he's got to learn to fight against those little guys. He, he, he just checks out mentally. I thought he was checked out mentally in the first, in the first half. Now defensively, um, he was put on an island out there on the edge because they were going five out. And when he was trying to dive in for rebounds, they had two or three guys, you know, fighting him for rebounds and they're tipping it away from him and stuff. So he had a tough time that way. Still had 11 rebounds, but he wasn't an impact player at that point. Offensively, though, uh, the Suns didn't try hard enough to get him the ball, and he didn't try hard enough to get the ball. They didn't do anything on the move. They didn't do any high screen in roles where he was diving full speed into the basket like, like we've seen in past games. They just The Clippers were switching everything, and they were going small. And when you're switching everything, suddenly your pick and rolls don't work and your actions don't work, and it doesn't matter if you off-screen guys um, cross each other, split each other to try to get the de- defense off. Uh, those guys are standing there. They played a lot of zone too, the Clippers, uh, not only um, – switching everything, but also just staying in a zone. I mean, all that can be disruptive to a Suns offense that relies on motion in this direction. The, so the Suns are going to have to figure out how to play offense against that, and it's going to be a little different than their usual offense, but it can look a lot closer to what they're used to doing. They're just not they are not getting into their set spot.
2: The important thing here is that DA – is being used uh, against the Clippers, right? The Clippers are using D.A., they're pulling him out, and then they're they're going away from him and then attacking, as opposed to the Utah series where they would isolate Gobert and then go out with Gobert. Um, there's a there's a big difference here, so it's it's keeping Da out of the paint, it's keeping Da away from, from all the traffic and being the defensive force that he has been for the most part, and and that's that's clever, that's Ty Lue. So if you're Monty Williams, you gotta you gotta adjust, you gotta figure out a way to change that up to whatever degree and get Da more involved. If that means you gotta change up your rotations to a degree, just so that way you're not leaving Da all the way out there on the other side of the ball or or away from the action. Then you got to do it, but you got to find a way. And on the offensive side, I absolutely agree, Dave. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here saying that Da needs to get the ball. He needs to get the ball. He needs to get the ball. But there is also a portion of this where Da has got to step up and say, like, call for the ball, or you got to be a little bit more emphatic about being involved on the offensive side of the ball because it's it's too easy to ignore you if you if you're not really a, if you're not really clamoring for it for sometimes. And sometimes the squeaky wheel gets to all the grease, right? Yeah, you got you got to be more aggressive,
0: you know. And I think that's uh, what what we need to see from Mon, or from Monty and the way that he manages Da and the offense and Chris Paul as well. You know, I mean, he's the leader. He's the guy who uh, is impressed with the way that DeAndre Ayton has grown this year. But you got to allow the opportunity to cook. You got to give him the ball. You got to, you know. And, and you're and you're right, Saul. Da's got to be more aggressive, asking for the ball. I felt like the team fed off the energy of the uh, the crowd tonight, but didn't put in the effort to execute what was needed. And when they again, when they had those runs, man, Ty Lue, Gregg Popoviches, I won't get off of that point. I really was frustrated yeah. with the way that he was calling his timeouts, Matthew.
1: Yeah, no, and even in the first half, the first quarter, I mean, the Suns were down by like eighty. It was eighty-two to six, and he finally called a timeout. You just don't think in the first quarter, like Marcus Morris and Mike uh, Demarcus Cousin, when they start to get going. You don't think it's going to last. And I think that's really what happened with the timeouts. Cause that timeout that was called in the first quarter should have came a lot sooner to shore things up a little bit. There's a little bit too much trust. I think for Monty
3: to me, 17 of 41, 14 of 44, 10 of 40. Yeah. At some point, Devin Booker and CP three have to look at things and go, if we're not hitting shots, how do we set up other guys to, perform better how do we not go miss that many shots and put us in a hole because you're not that's that's the crux of of this right now is if they're not hitting those mid-range shots early figure out a way to get other guys involved adjust the offense figure figure it out because that's just not a game plan that's going to be successful i mean the the only reason that they that they won Game Four uh, with them shooting like that is because the Clippers were ice cold too. Like it was that was that was one of the ugliest basketball games we've witnessed, and the Suns gutted it out. But they could have easily been zero three in in those three games as well with these guys shooting like this. So how do you adjust if you guys are the leaders? What what is your move? to figure out a way to either get yourself out of that shooting slump or get your other teammates involved to help you out and help pick you up.
4: See guys, the Clippers are doing this on purpose though. They they're forcing, they're getting DA, excuse me, they're getting um, Devin Booker and Chris Paul into shooting situations. They're taking away their passing lanes. They're taking away their secondary options. So the ball isn't being swung side to side to side uh, for good, easy shots. So, they're being baited into taking these shots by the defense that the Clippers are playing. And uh, there may not be an avoidance. I think what they have to do is just start hitting the dang things. Now they are getting marginally better. So, you know, 10 for 40, 14 for 44, 17 for 41. They're getting closer. By the time, time time did,
2: be- by, the, by the time we get to game nine, baby. Brady <laughs> <Woo-hoo, hey, laughs> Goldman nine. did say
3: sons of nine, right? <laughs> he did, so right, here we go. Yeah.
2: Uh, no, I, I also
4: – and I don't know if you guys have talked about the refs at all because you guys are so disappointed in the Suns' effort. But I, I did feel like – I'm not a ref hater. but I did feel like there were a few calls that went against the Suns' way that didn't need to go against the Suns' way. But that's just me.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I, I didn't – I never felt like they were a huge factor in the game. I feel like for every bad call that they give us, give us, they give it to the Clippers. Like, I, I don't know. It's just – Paul George, that's a different story. I mm-hmm. think he pushes off and uses every his elbow time. on just about every damn play. But outside of that, I'm good with the refs. Yeah,
3: yes. that, that campaign elbow that was basically Paul Georging Paul George was the was the one frustrating thing to yeah. me. I'm like, Paul George just did that three times uh, you know, on the other end of the court, but campaign. Uh, you know it does it and or excuse me cam johnson does it and it's you know oh that should be a flagrant how dare he do that and it's like yeah. oh, okay it, uh, paul george yeah. stuck his face in there what What do you want you know yeah, yeah there's
2: been you know, it, it, been a EJ, lot more ej talked about that the other day he was talking about how like back in the day stick your face in there if you want to but i i promise you your nose will be broken And that just doesn't apply nowadays. So dudes are just throwing their faces up there however they want. That's what Paul George does. If you ever notice, when he comes up on defense, he always leads with his chest first so he Mm -hmm. can try and draw contact and, and get the foul every single time. It's just so shitty. We yeah, can say I, that you know we can we can did, say
4: that yeah. Booker and Paul need to shoot better, but you know what? It would really be nice if we could actually see Jay Crowder make a few shots and Mikel Bridges make a few more shots. Yes, I mean, sir. my God, and Campaign make a few shots, Dario Charge not throwing air balls up there. <laughs> all that stuff playing. would be nice to see, and maybe oh. those guys would help. And you wouldn't have to have Chris Paul and Devin Booker making all the shots. I, I just they've gotta force the Clippers to take them seriously, the only guy who played well last two
2: games off the bench was Cam Johnson, I think. Yeah. yeah well, I, just, I, I I used to say, can't, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't fucking talk. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You got like my little giggle in there. i I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being Matthewed. Crowder, yeah. Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, and Campaign. I used to say, if you can get 40 out of them, you're in really, really, really good shape, and you should probably win the by- game by double digits, and not. I don't even know if they've done 40 since game two. Maybe star yeah. um, the game. From the I was control, trying to I was trying, trying to, to cut you off, you off again
4: of? John.
0: <laughs> I feel like did you, so you I'm cut yourself to cut off? Cut him
4: off too John. Yeah, yeah. And yeah and then cut then I cut off.
0: off. Yeah, I, I have nothing to say no, anymore. Right. Like my point is uh, it was right. like 4 points ago. So um now my dog's barking like an asshole. He's out like here.
2: back to Aiden watch guys. Yeah, so like I was saying with John
0: dragging in minute 12 of the show um yeah, who do you guys give the jam star of the game to? I'm gonna wrap this thing up soon because well, I'm, I'm gonna really give Rocky it to
3: John for dealing with all of us interrupting him.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, then I give it to Matthew for us always interrupting him for every podcast. That's <laughs> it's purgatory. I love it. I will give, <laughs> so.
2: give it to Glow because my hair's looking kind of juicy right now. Maybe.
3: <laughs> it's gotta seriously though. It's gotta be Cam Johnson. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he he's played unbelievably in this series. He did it again tonight and. Uh, deserves more minutes, deserves some of those Dario minutes, deserves some of those Jay Crowder minutes at this point, deserves all those Abdel Nader minutes, uh, uh, along with Tory Craig. So, uh, Cam Johnson gets my. I'm
4: gonna say, I'm gonna say, Tory Craig gets my jam star at the game. He got what <laughs> 42 seconds of playing time, and he got he drew a foul, he made some shots. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea why Abdel Nader is playing in these games. Uh, I don't know what money sees in that. He hasn't played in three months, and you're in the most high-leverage games of the entire season, and you put Abdel Nader out there hoping he'll what? What? What can you do that uh-huh. Ch- Tory Craig can't do? You mess up your rotation. You mess up your energy. Uh, he needs to not have Abdel Nader play in game, in game six, and hopefully there isn't a game seven.
2: I give, give it to what what even I give it to the I give it to the buried bodies because that's the only reason why Abdul Nader <laughs> is playing he must know where they are so But
1: what's he what did he do this season really to earn those minutes I don't understand he, he had maybe I think one really good game but he, he just doesn't game. do too much exactly um, I, my I, my GM star is Cameron Johnson just throw it out there and you guys your guys is pod for having like the best hair cuz we're like the no hair pod and you guys have very fantastic (laughs) yeah yeah we always wear hats seriously yeah you guys just let it flow i love it
0: well and it was funny because you know for Brightside today i wrote a piece well you know welcoming back abdel nader and i was going through and looking at his season i was just like
1: yeah what's he playing
0: in the western conference finals for like he was a he was good as a bridge to get to tory craig because he's like what we wanted him to be and we got that tory craig so why is he back playing is it because monty has an affection for the number eleven, and he misses Ricky Rubio. So he's like, "Hey, this is my ama- homage <laughs> Ricky. He couldn't be here. I just, I don't know." And I think that we, we're done with him. It, it's got to be Tory Craig. And when they th- when they throw those small ball lineups at us, you can have Tory Craig run the five. Don't even put Dario out there. You know, I think that he's athletic enough to body up some of those guys and at least try to, you know, athletically beat them because Dario can't beat them with athleticism. We know that. Or so. Or anything, or anything at all, you know, facial hair, even. He like he just doesn't win. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Maybe he, as th- we-
4: Maybe he thinks Nader just look will look those guys in the eyes and, and make them start dreaming. I don't know. No, I mean, no. He's just <laughs> you know, he's such a beautiful man. Maybe he thinks he, he can.
3: Yeah. Well, look, money's money's st- still wearing the mask. He's got the glasses on. I'm guessing he gets that fogged up look and he thinks it's Booker and he's telling, he tells him to go <laughs> in the game. It's the only explanation that I can come up with as to why Abdel Nader keeps getting it.
0: Well, and it'll be interesting to see as we head into game six, which is on Wednesday at 6 PM, what adjustments are made because you know, Ty Lue's not going to run the same shit. He's just not going to, he's not going to come out and say, Hey, this worked in game uh, five. So I'm going to do it in game six. Now there's going to be shades of it throughout the game. Just like there were shades of going to DeMarcus Cousins on Dario, which we saw in game one. I mean, the thing is, is Ty has analyzed how to get points outside of Paul George and then uses those strategically throughout different segments of the game. Whereas the Suns, I feel, partially because they can't hit any of their shots, they don't have any of those strategic go-to plays like we've seen them run in the playoffs. Because the Clippers take a lot of them away. This is a good team, Suns fans. We said it coming into this. I know when Matthew and I were talking about who we wanted to play in the Western Conference Finals, I wanted the Jazz because you know, their strength is down low, and I feel like we had the advantage there. I didn't want somebody who could take away our passing and our guard play. Guess what? That's what the Clippers do. They're a very, very good team, and we are going to have to earn this trip to the NBA Finals if we want to get there. You want the T-shirt and the hat? you got to earn it.
3: And that's what this team's done all year. They have earned it. They forgot that tonight. They forgot it takes work. They forgot, you know. They, I think they got to steal Monty's phrase again. They got happy on the farm. They didn't. They did not look at it and and go, okay, we need to go out here and take this. People were believing in them. I think they were a little overhyped for this game, uh, in terms of in terms of hey, we we got this. It's it's good it's not good anymore uh, you know you're in big trouble if uh if la uh, if you go to la and play like that uh, you're J-M. coming you're coming home for the slaughter maybe
2: code jjm i really think we are losing because so many people picking us to win we play better as underdogs um yeah no that's not the reason i appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you and i love you buddy uh you've been a good supporter of both of these podcasts but that is not the reason
3: I agree with him.
0: I think it's
2: <laughs> we need to... we have too many too people on the bandwagon. <laughs> we need to push them away. Push a
0: couple off. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, what do you think? What adjustments well, need to happen I, I heading do, into oh, game six? You can let
1: Dave you can let Dave go.
4: Go ahead, Dave. Oh, no, his time. I was just gonna throw in there. I was yeah, really, I, I haven't been here the whole time, you know, so i got to make up for it. Um, <laughs> I, I really think, though, the Suns do, did let it get to their heads a little bit. Code JJ, there's some other things you say in the chat that I don't always agree with. I'll just leave it there. Um, but in this comment, I do think that, yeah, the Suns might have let it get to their heads on thinking they had the Series 1. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier as well. I agree. Um, they They thought they were already going to get their flowers handed to them tonight. And they, they, the Clippers said, no, thank you. So the Suns are going to have to take it, as, as, you, as you just said, John. The Suns are going to have to take this win, this, this trip to the finals. No one is giving it to them. And, and just because you think they should doesn't mean they will. So, yeah, I do think they took their foot off the gas.
2: Chris Paul, I just have one message for you. You've never been to the NBA Finals. That sh- this should be the the all the motivation you need, son. This might be the last time you get this close. Yeah. Like, get it done.
3: Yeah. But is he in his head? Because the post game interview when Rachel Nichols asks him about three one the other night, he says, "I don't want to talk about it. I don't have good history with that number." Mm. I'm sorry. You should be saying this isn't like the past. Uh, you know, we're gonna take care of business. Whatever. Different time, different place.
4: Oh, see, I hope he's not. He doesn't want to talk about it because she was saying it so positively, as if they had it won. He's like, no, I've been here before. You can't think you're going to win. I get I thought it. Thought he I, was on the right space.
2: I, I didn't. I Yeah, I agree with. I, I'm on Dave's side on this one. I, I didn't. I see don't know. That I just,
3: I just wonder: Is Chris Paul <laughs> starting to be like Suns fans? Where you saw it on Twitter, the we. The, this game started going in the in the wrong direction, and every you know almost every Suns fan that's been here for more than 15 minutes starts to go, uh uh-huh. oh, is is this when it all goes sideways? Is this you know? I even jokingly what? said the basketball gods have entered the chat, right? Like people people just start going, oh shit, here it is now. This is it. We this is what we've been expecting, and. I just hope you know Chris Paul's been through so much. Has had so many bad experiences in the playoffs. I hope he doesn't start thinking in that way too. And and I I, I'd like to believe he doesn't, but you never
2: know because he has had such bad luck. I, I'll take the blame for this one, guys. I mean, we all know what happened before the game and what happened. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to say
0: oh, yeah. anything, so, but <laughs> I'm definitely putting uh,
2: this one uh, on you. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my bad juju. Uh, but I, the good thing is, is I won't have to do anything for next one. So uh, we're good. We're, that's all out of the system. What in the
4: universe? It? Can that be deleted from the chat? I think we hmm. need to delete it, erase it, make a brand new one if and it ever will. it's it, needed. It will.
2: It'll always stay on my phone. It'll always
1: come. It'll, it's haunted now. It'll always can we come de- back. Can we delete
3: Saul from the chat? For the <laughs> <laughs> <it>. remove <laughs> me. Of Take me out the of my chat. misery.
0: Saul has <laughs> left the chat.
1: Yeah,
4: baby.
0: <laughs> Matthew, you got any final thoughts before I cut this uh, show short?
1: Man, that moment when Chris Paul hit that, I said it earlier, with the go-ahead basket in the third quarter. It was just a moment where I'm like, oh, my God, they might win it. It was kind of emotional. I'm not going to lie. And then it just went away completely. But next game, you know, treat this. Don't treat the basketball so fragile, you know. Just don't act like it's like the the last card of a house of cards or something, trying to put on top of the deck, whatever you do when you build a house of cards. I've never done that, but I assume you're trying to do it really delicately. Just go out there and own it because they, they they seem like they were kind of scared of the ball a little this, bit tonight. This right? ain't and Jenga, it's basketball. <laughs> just be, yeah, just be careful. Just uh, be, I feel like don't a, be I careful. I feel like
3: tonight was the That's moment that Lissy officially became a Suns fan.
1: <laughs> you guys <laughs> so, weren't emotional when he made that shot. I was no, like, oh my god, I'm no, like, bro. I think they're no. gonna take over. There's too because, many just too much time left. Uh, too much time. Right. And again, it's it, it, like came I right said back down and scored again. Well, it,
0: it's like I said. It took so much to get back there. You knew the run Mm. was coming, and it was like an eleven-zero run for the Clippers because it was like sixty-two to sixty-one, and it was like Mm. seventy-four, sixty-two, like in a blink of an eye. I thought that was it. I hoped. I I I pet Laney then. I was like, Laney, we got you know good things are about to happen to my dog. And uh, she looked at me. She's like, Leave me alone. You know, my little chowini sitting kicking it with me on the couch watching the Suns game. But it was just, uh, you know, it's. You know, you <laughs> can't get happy on the farm, right? You know, Espo says it because Monty says it, and we say it all the time now because it's really how you have to approach day to day, game to game. When people at work are asking me about the Suns, I just I kind of say that. You know, they're like, Oh my god, good luck tonight. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing anything. Good luck watching the game. Like, you know, playing. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm 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 an observer hoping that the team that I uh love can pull one out, just get one more win, get us to the finals. And then we can, you know, continue having uh fun little get togethers and powwows like we're having right now. Uh, but on the other side of that, you know, that this Clippers team is good. So you have to adjust. This is playoff basketball. The advantage that we have is we have two games to win one. That's what we have to look at moving into Wednesday night, two games to win one. And it'd be nice to win one. Cause note this, the Suns are five and two on the road in the playoffs. And they've closed out the opposition both times on the road. They haven't done it here at home yet. Let's save that one for the NBA finals when the confetti's fallen down and we're raising the Larry O'Brien trophy, okay? But we got to get there. And I will say, when the series began, Matthew, what did I say the series would happen?
1: Mm, I don't remember. Suns and Six. Suns and Six, yeah.
0: Suns and Six was my original guess. I was hoping I would be wrong. But you know what? Sons and six. Let's go get it on Wednesday night, gents.
2: Yeah, don't
3: don't let the ghosts of the past get in your head. It's one game. They
0: Thank
2: got you, Marcus Morris.
3: You got two more shots at it. Yeah. <laughs> two more shots at
2: it. Basically, what Espo says to himself when he when he gets on his knees at night to pray. Don't let it get in your head. Don't let it get in your head. Don't let it get in your head. I didn't know you were gonna say pray. I'm trying to keep a PG. I'm like Don's mom you know, has entered the unlike, chat. Unlike you know who up here.
0: <laughs> well on, on that note ladies and gentlemen uh, if you decided to watch us live on youtube we thank you make sure you go ahead hit the thumbs up button hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell n- button to remind you that we are live that little notification thing like 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 saul's phone over there going off uh like jingle bells maybe that it's espo then yeah. espo was it was my fault then it's got to be the android guy you know <laughs> i i didn't think i i recognized that that text tone um but yeah, make sure that you know that you stupid as green <laughs> chat.
2: It's
3: like Abdel Nader getting in the rotation. What the hell is it doing yeah, there?
2: For like no reason
1: whatsoever. Why is Object this existing? Three? I don't know.
0: <laughs> and, on, and on that note too as well, sons, for, uh, all you Jamsters out there, if you want to donate in the super chat, you can donate and help get Matthew an iPhone. We should really start like a GoFundMe to get Matthew an iPhone.
1: Then you have to teach me how to use it. I, it's I super simple. It's Apple.
0: That. You look at it and it opens like it's magic. <laughs> we can um, uh,
3: we can right. dip into that swears for kids fun. That's uh, increased exponentially <laughs> since we've been doing those game shows. Uh, since yeah.
2: Saul, since, really, since Saul joined Solar panel Well, that's true. Yeah. We didn't have swears it's, it's, it's for kids up.
3: until Saul joined the Solar
2: yeah.
0: Well, it was the moment you guys like were off of Fox Sports in Bally Arizona. All of a sudden, Saul's like, here comes the F-bombs because the swears for kids started because you guys were to a commercial with your faces on it and you had a, it was a family program but once it, be, it wasn't a family program anymore oh man there were some tornadoes of f-bombs coming through
2: uh, dave, always never been family dave,
0: dave would always say the word shit there was two words you could always get out of dave you'd be watching something he's like i don't want to watch that shit or he would just drop one of those random beautiful little Fuck. Which is ripped right from your podcast. I knew you were, so, said, knew you were setting that up. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm just like trying to find it. I'm I'm stalling. Uh but again a reminder, go ahead and follow the show at Suns Jam and at Sun Solar Panel on Twitter. You can follow me at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew see You can follow Espo. At Espo. And you can follow Saul. <laughs> at Saul underscore Bookman. Just don't follow us home, ladies and gentlemen, because it's depressing. It's me watching Suns game with my little Chewini on the couch. So leave me alone. <laughs> that's, what? And
3: that's not a euphemism. So. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's,
0: <laughs> did, did you see Dave's tweet during the game where he's just like, uh, The Suns haven't had the juice from the tip? I'm like, Juice from the tip? Jesus, man. That's gross. Manscaping. <clears throat> On that note, I'm going to go ahead and drop the music. Unless anyone else has anything to say,
1: no. Go home and love go your home and Go home and build a fort with your family. There you go. Go
0: home. <laughs> go home and build a card house, Gingerly. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Uh, have a great night. And again, we are going to see you live after the game on Wednesday.